Everybody doing okay? Yeah? All right. No housekeeping? Great. Okie doke. Welcome back. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Let's see where we go from here. I'm just going to talk about something for a minute because we touched on it with Steve there before lunch. And it's, you know, the heart work and the mind work. And what I'd like to convey is, 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 is that it's important for you to kind of figure out where are you? Um, 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 which one is the one that gives you more... <coughs> you know, more eurekas, more freedom, more looseness, if it's work with the emotional center or is it when you work with your perspective? What, where are you at? Do you work very much with one and not so much with the other? Because bo both have to come, but one tends to be more dominant than the other, simply because we're rarely like exactly male and female, exactly this, you know, we're kind of a, a movable being. <coughs> So, so there would be more emphasis on either the mind work or the heart work with you, but both have to be addressed. They have to. It's, it's, it just won't work otherwise. It's not sustainable. And we have models of folks out there who got it all on an intellectual basis and saw it, but never did the emotional work, never entered out the heart, and you know, and and it comes out in some kind of twisted, contorted way because desires crank up and you know, the emotional center isn't balanced. It's not balanced. And so there are things that are a bit wacky and a bit off. And that happens too. Um, it's all there, you know. It's all there. So what I'd like to encourage you to do is to find within yourself, where am I? Which one, which, do I work with both? Is it sometimes one and sometimes the other? Am I denying one by working with the other? Just, just find your position. So on the phenomenal level, when we work with the heart, we're, we're working with emotions to make sure that there's no charge on something. That's where we start, so that there's no emotional charge in a memory, so that your stories don't, you know, don't, don't influence what, what you do in any given moment. So that your stories are stories, and the experience it was had, but it's not fueled with an emotional response, that the memory is there without the emotional body supporting it. That's the first thing we do, and that's kind of the personal development part, because duality is running when we do that. And sometimes a lot of that needs to happen, and sometimes very little needs of that, of that needs to happen. And as we pull back, we're doing the mind work, we're pulling back into observer, so we're at the mind level, seeing the character. And as we pull back more and more, it becomes more about love. And the emotions have to be freed up. And you wouldn't believe the amount of people out there that really believe that, that the emotions need to be harnessed, denied, suppressed, bypassed, ignored. It's like, wow, wow. And it just leads to a very contorted version of seeing the truth and something is... Energetically, it always feels... Dirty to me. Actually, that's the best word. It's like something's not clean. It's like sticky and it's not, not authentic. 
you know, something isn't ringing through clearly, you know. Um, and then it's not done, so that, there's a learning in that. It's not done, it's going to fester someplace else and some other time and some other, it's going to do something else. So a lot of the non-duality work, the contemporary non-duality work, and it's funny because, you know, it's, it's really only in the West since Ramana Maharshi, since he, he, disciples of Ramana started writing into English and, and putting the, the who am I question into our culture. And from there we started to see, gosh, you know, there's Nisikadatha that talks about observer and talks about I am, and it gets a bit richer. But there ain't a lot of uh, space for clearing out the heart. Not in the Indian tradition. It's not there. It's there in other ones. I think it's there in Sufi, from what I can pick up from Sufism. It's definitely there. I mean, you know, where did Rumi come from? You know, there's a whole lot of looking at the emotions and getting there through devotion. And that's there. So from what, what, I, what I saw myself, I suppose, in the Indian tradition is like, it, it's all channeled into devotion. And if devotion isn't your path, well, you know, it's not about your emotions. Your emotions are just maya. Part of the illusion. That's it. It's like, okay, that's a great hiding place for identification. That's what it is if it's not cleared out of the hiding place for identification. And then there's all kinds of pitfalls, you know, because, because you know, the ego will use the emotional center to keep its story going too. Because you can be forever clearing out your stuff. <laughs> It'll go on and on. And you'll always find something. Always. And it's a little bit like what we were talking about with Connie yesterday. It's like, hold on now, is there a little bit of a loop here? Is there a little bit of a loop where the ego is actually finding a charge where, you know, and, and when, when you're at it for years, you know, making sure that, am I, is it clear, is it clear, is it clear? Mind will use that against you, you know? <laughs> against your beingness, you know? And, and just to keep going, okay, there'll always be more stuff to clear. There'll always be more stuff to clear. But, 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 as we go along, it gets finer. You know, you know that you're no longer dysfunctional. <laughs> you know, and it's like, hold on, okay, this is up. Does it really need to be dug up, or can it just wash through? And then you know, okay, okay. So, so it's just a thought, actually. Can it just flow through, not sticky? Or do I actually have to go into this? Is is this a whole lump that's influencing loads of parts of my life? So you've got to be able to tell the difference. So there's, a, there's really a lot of tools and a lot of skills that we need for our Western mind, which isn't in the other traditions. And we haven't yet made this whole non-duality sector. We haven't Westernized it enough yet, you know? So it's very young here. It's just very young. So we've, we've got to find our way of doing it. But what's important is that the head and the heart are equal players. Essentially, it's a shift for your for your perspective. It's essentially your mind is what wakes up. But is it sustainable? Is it clear? Does it get embodied? Is there an authenticity about it? Or is it just intellectual? You will only find out those things if you've done the emotional work, if the heart is empty. You know? So it's an interesting time because we, we don't know how it's going to how it's going to unfold in our in our culture, you know? We tend to praise the intellect. We praise a, 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 a fast mind. We, we've got a lot of uh, mm, uh, credibility, you know, a lot of endorsement is the word I'm looking for. A lot of endorsement on 
on, on a sharp intellect, on a sharp mind. So of course we love the shift of perspective. Of course we love that. You know, and then we've put the therapy, the therapy boxes for all the emotional stuff. And it's like, um, they're not so far apart. <laughs> There's something from that that's absolutely essential around the shift in perspective. Essential. So find where you are. Find where you are in that. Both have to be addressed. You know? And there's pitfalls in both. If there's overemphasis on one, you'll discover it. Because you'll just be running around the same loop all the time. You know? Be sure not to dismiss one and that it's all about the other. That's the biggest block, I think, really, in, in our contemporary version of non-duality. Dismissing one, you know? It's not all about either the head or the heart. It's not all about either one. If it's just about the head, you get stuck in non-duality. You get stuck in that realm of, um, you know, nothing ever happened, there's no me, there's, you, you get stuck in that. And there's loads of jargon around that. And it's a pain in the ass after a while, you know, it's kind of gritty, you know. It's like, <laughs> because there's a prior to non-duality, you know. There is. And if the heart isn't cleared out, you'll find yourself talking non-dual language for a couple of years, you know. And, and it, it's not being funny, you know. <laughs> so that, that, that's kind of... That's what I see more, more in our sector, is that it's all about non-duality, it's all about non-duality, and that non-dual language comes in and negates and cuts off. Well, who's the one who's feeling a charge? Who's the one? And it's like, oh, for goodness sake. In the non-dual, if you're stuck there, you won't be able to have the wider view to see that, that what gets you out of the non-dual zone is that the heart gets empty. That's what starts to happen then. It gets empty. Emptiness itself is what happens. And that's where Buddhist stuff comes in, no? It's, it's, there's the emptiness, the emph emphasis on emptiness, on that void. And, th and that's, that's got the emotional thing integrated into it, for sure, for sure. You know? So the emptiness is not just that kind of dark abyss. It's not just there. It's the emptiness is in the emotional center as well, you know? Does it make sense? And can you find where your own emphasis is? Can you identify? That's what's important. Where, where are you at? How does it work for you? You know? So that both have their place and that no suppression happens. So in the prior to the non-dual zone of where you see, you know, what you are is all of it, the interconnectivity of, of all of it is obvious, and that the fact there is no individuality, there is no separateness, separation, all these things appear, you know, that there's just presence, there's just being, there's just what is, that's all the non-dual zone, okay? 
in that perspective, sure, it's an important stage along the path. As we move back from that, and you know, it might be a hangout zone, and it might actually be, there are some people that actually don't hit on it, they kind of just go beyond it, and it's like, gosh, I never got into that zone, I never really saw it was all in one, or that the beingness was kind of home, or it kind of didn't resonate. And for some, they actually bypass that level, because their impact is a bit different. But most of us, yeah, we, we, we get to see there's nobody here, there's no doer. I, I'm not who I think I was. All of this happens for most of us. Going prior to that, a few things have to get squashed, come up for clearing, come up for dissolving. And one of them is the biggest one, and the one that's that most well, well hidden, is that there is an identity with being the absolute. So you know that sentence, who am I? It's like, well, there's no answer, but kind of there is, because you're all of it. Or you're the absolute, or you're pure consciousness. There's identity going on there. Instead of just being part of it, you became all of it. <laughs> you see? And it's fine, like, it'll last for a while. But that identity is the thing that holds the non-dual phase together. It's super glue. And that's in, in that zone. Yeah, it's really beautiful to feel that you're all of it and you're pure consciousness and, consciousness and like all of it is in me or what I am is all of it. No, all these things. Fine. Identity, 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 identity. We've just moved away from being me, I, the personal I, and, and identity is still there, but now it's infiltrating everything or nothing. And we kind of switch on and off, but identity is still there. And that's the biggest, that's the biggest myth, I think, that would, I'm thinking of some teachers, actually, that really speak from the non-dual place. And there's no exposing of, like, yes, this beingness is what I am for now, because I still need to be something. You see? That's still running. It's like, yeah, that's what you are. Go into your true nature. It's like, yeah, but you, you need to do that, but that's not it either. It's just another step along the way. So in prior to non-duality, the, the, the essence of identity, what, what that is, that needs to go. It's a reference point. Being the absolute, being pure consciousness, it gives you a beautiful reference point. That's got to go. There, there will be no place to lay your hat. No resting place at all. Get familiar with that. It's totally fine. It's total freedom not to have any reference point at all. But it's as scary as hell if you've been hanging out in the personal eye or the absolute. It's as scary as hell because the, the personal identity is going to use the strongest card, which is fear. It's always fear. You see? So exposing the need for some identity to anchor someplace, this is a good piece of work to do. If it's either making sense to you, if it's too intellectual, forget about it. But if it's making sense to you, then it's good to do this work. Do I need some reference point somewhere? Do I want to be all of it? Do I want to hang on to the idea that I am not the doer? Do I want to, or is that just a perspective that I can let go of? Now it goes into another realm altogether, doesn't it? 
So in prior to non-duality, the first big thud that, that chucks you out of that non-dual, nice presence, being, awareness, anchor, that stillness that's outside of time, that's always accessible. It's lovely, it's lovely. And you might need to stay there for six months or six years, whatever, for it to establish itself perfect. And that's the place to hang out until there's no other hooks that turn on the personal eye. It's the place to hang out. And that's why we have satsang teachers who speak only from the non-dual perspective, is to get people en masse established at that level. Otherwise, we'll have a few psychiatric cases. That happens too. We need to stabilize, stabilize first. It's like, it's like Eckhart Tolle, you know? And, and I'm a great one for criticizing him. But on the flip side, there's a, you know, it was a complete mass spreading of the idea that, you know, there are concepts and concepts are creating what you have imagined to, to be real and start looking at your thoughts. And he <coughs> threw that out there. And of course it's very basic, of course his work is very basic, but look at what he's doing, he's bringing a multitude to that basic level. Now we've got a bit more sophistication, we've got these non-dual teachers bringing that multitude who are ready to move again from there to non-duality. Okay, so then we've got a gang of, a, a of non-dual stuff. Now, it tends to get a bit narrower, of course, do you know? So then prior to non-duality, there's a lash of us who are, who are kind of saying, come on, don't stop there, don't stop there. Do you see? Do you see the way it goes? It's like a bit of a funnel. So, so okay, so from, from non-duality, what has to be explored is any connection with identity. Do I need to be the absolute? And even if you're still in movie land, it's like, is my longing to be the absolute and be at home. Because when you are at home, when you're resting with the absolute, that's going to go too. That's going to be a problem. Enjoy it for a while, it's going to be a problem. All right, so, we go. and if it's too much, you'll, that's fine. Hang out with the non-dual speaker and stay there. That's grand, if that's what you need to do, honor yourself. From non-duality, okay, if, so the first thing we're exploring is, is the need for any identity, any anchor at all. What has to happen here for you to really get, uh, I suppose, get, mm, get to the point of no returning back into the non-dual stickiness of non-duality, what needs to happen is that the heart has to be addressed because the non-dual perspective is an intellectual perspective. It's a shift in perspective, non-dual perspective. It's mental, okay? So when we're shifting from the non-dual perspective, the heart has to come up. It has to get empty. And the first, the, the, for most people, the first way that that happens is that you see that awareness is empty. It's full and empty, but actually, then it becomes really empty. The fullness is kind of part of the non-dual part. And it becomes absolutely empty. There is only emptiness, and you take the idea of emptiness away. I've often said nothing and take the concept of nothing away. That's what that's about there. Everything gets thinner because it's empty, void. Buddhist language is very useful here. Non-dual language, not so good. And so the heart has to get empty. What you're going to come up with as this emptying is happening and the sense of identity with the absolute is wearing thin, that thought just left and it's going to come back any second. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you.
I have to wait, it seems. The emptiness, the emptying of the heart, when the identity goes. Awareness is empty. It's around here somewhere now, I just can't find it yet. There it is, gone. here doing her thing, you know, the circus. And it's like what I am has just like, was rolling, 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 and then went, oh, stop. So then it's like the Jack character kind of mm. is in this moment of, okay, so we can have a logical conclusion, you know. <laughs> Number one, the brain is tired. Let's look at the other side and see, well, no, it's nothing to do with the brain, actually, because it's, it's, mm something else is, you know, is, is using this Jack character to talk through. So we can use another reason and say, okay, so we, we can't go into that zone yet. It's too early. Mm. <laughs> but actually, let's leave it that neither of those are applicable. Because we're always looking for cause and effect. Mm -hmm. For a reason and to label and to land something somewhere. So let's not. Mm. So things happen without cause and effect. Where I was going disappeared. Not going there anymore, it seems. Let's see what happens next then, huh? Here it comes back again. Okay. So leaving non-duality, seeing how identity sneaks in and is still active in the non-dual zone, because I am pure awareness. I am the absolute. And going back from that, emptiness is a good word. What will happen for, for that individual identity to dissolve, the idea of existence is going to come up. Seeing, somebody spoke last night that, I think it was Michelle, was it? Somebody spoke last night about things don't exist in and of themselves. It was about the dream, wasn't it? That things don't independently exist. It all has to be thought. So, seeing that existence itself is, well, what is it? What is existence? Is it just a thought that we apply to something else so that we take it to be real? Do you know? Something exists or doesn't exist. It's a quality we give to a thought which allows us to accept or accept its absence. It exists or doesn't exist. So then, if it's just a thought that's stuck on to something else to give it the opportunity to be or not be, then, then that thought is attached to the thought of you, isn't it? So the thought of you as the character, what, 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 really? Does it exist? Does it actually exist? But when you look at something,
something else, you can see that existence is just a, a superimposition quality that's attached to a thought, makes it valid or invalid. Do you think it's any different when it comes to you? Nope. You know you're a thought, you know, because you know you're a, you're a thought. So, do you exist? Does existence itself exist? Or is it just a concept? Because up to non-duality, and prior to non-duality, existence is never touched, really. Not, not really. Because awareness exists. Does it? Really? <laughs> really. So we apply that quality to, it, quality to it, and therefore awareness, yes, I am pure awareness, I just tune into the awareness, or, or consciousness, so the absolute, call it what you like. Huh. What are you going to do now? If there's just been an assumed concept called existence, sticking itself to everything. So prior to non-duality, you've got to explore what existence is. Can anything actually exist in and of itself? Can, and and what, what, what is existence? Is it something that's born before other concepts so that they can come into being? You know? Is it a pre-run of a concept? What, what is it, actually? Demystify existence. Because prior to the idea of existence, now it starts getting empty. Now it starts getting empty. Because the emptiness I'm pointing you to is neither... It's not an empty with the opposite being full. In non-duality, we have, we have opposites. It's the opposite of duality, non-duality. You know? Separation, no separation, all the rest of that. Okay, I'm the person, I'm not the person. It's just the flip side of that. But back here, if existence is, if you figure out, if you get a eureka about existence, and what that thought has been playing, how it has been running amok in your own ideas of the world, well then, emptiness that I'm talking about does not have an opposite. There isn't an emptiness that's absent of something or an emptiness that can be full. It's, it, it, it really is emptiness. It's pure emptiness, where there can't be anything. It has no quality of emptiness. I can't, I can't, that's even too much. Mm. Do you see? Mm -hmm. So existence is that boundary that really gets rid of non-dual and dual. Right? Now we're going into another zone, where there's no, no opportunity for anything to have an opposite. That only kicks in when you demystify existence. Now we're talking. <laughs> An Irish phrase for... <laughs> That's important. <laughs> it's important for, uh, for the spiritual path. Too, but okay, shoot. Maybe. So, are you suggesting that am is a thought exactly on the same level as I? What do you think? I think that's what you said. Mm. How does it feel for you? 
Makes some sense. Does it? That's what you Yeah. Anything that has a label, actually, anything that has a label, that's one way, but that's kind of like, it's more subtle than that, but yet that's still valid. But... That's why I said, on the, is it on the same level? M? And I. And I. You're talking about the absolute I, aren't you? Are you? Are you talking about the personal I? No, no, absolutely. The absolute I, yeah, that's what I picked up. Okay. So, so, there are different perspectives. There's the beingness. There's the absolute, but actually, there's a hair's breadth between them. Almost nothing. Mm. Almost nothing. It's like a slight frequency. It's like a refinement. It's all. If we want to ask a non-subtle um, time chronology, hair's breadth between them. Yes. Which comes first? Um, the more dense one is am. Um. Mm. That beingness. And it's very easy to access beingness. It's like, okay, human doing, human being. You know, just connected to that beingness. It's easy to access that. Pretty much anybody can access that, you know? That there's some, something just being. You know? Pure eye, more difficult to access. You could find it that way too, wouldn't you? So the amnes has, has a, it's closer to the density. It's closer to Manifestation. Yes, it is. It is, yeah. Yeah. Which is not the way it's always done. Are, are you saying that they put the pure eye in front of absolute, the amnes? They run them side by side a lot of the time. A lot of the time. Well, like Have you seen them? Shiva Shakti. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Shiva Shakti. Yeah. And it, it's. It's, some, it's never really, not usually said, but it's implied that Shiva first. Yes, it's an implication. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So that's why. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I remember wondering about that one time, actually, and thinking, is it because of language Shiva Shakti? Could it be Shakti Shiva? And, you know, because we're in linear time, one has to be in front of the other. But actually, there is an implication. I think it's not. I remember examining that one time. Is it, is it really an implication there? Is there a pointer there? Or, you know, is it just language? Uh, yeah, I've concluded the same thing. It's an implication. They use language to imply. Indeed. Indeed. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh. No, your hand was up first. You're first. Yeah. I was just, I was going to ask him to hear anyway, so it's Okay. Hi, Jack. Hi there. Um, I had a question. So, when, when you're going back this place of no existence, um, I, I can understand, not from personal experience, but that there is no, maybe, quality that can be expressed when you're in it, maybe? But what, can you, after having come back to Jack, what, what is the quality 
um, is, is my difficulty with the words, I mean, I like the words emptiness and nothingness. Yes. I didn't like them maybe two months ago. Okay, but, great, uh, great. <laughs> but, but my feeling of it is they have meaning for me in duality to, to understand what it's not. It, it's not thingness, and it's not full of identification, but it, it's more meaning, it's, it feels free, it feels... There's like a pristine mm. stillness that's mm. like beyond what I usually would experience. So that's like, oh, that's that's what make, that's the juice of it. And then if I have to describe the landscape, it's like empty, nothing. But so I'm, I'm wondering. I guess I, because it does. It's a little scary for this idea of even emness dropping out. I don't fully. So I guess I, I have, that's the question. What is what's the there. How, how else could you describe it? Well, I'm, 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 I'm going to just put aside how else would I describe it and go after. Okay. So in the last two months, you have the nothingness, emptiness, it's, they're becoming okay. So something is already... Yeah, glimpses, you know, yeah, five-second glimpses. Yeah, yeah. something yeah. Is, is moving in that direction. The amnes is going to be sacrificed if you're going in that direction. Because where is amnes, beingness? Where is that isness in the emptiness? Is it there for you? Um, yeah, maybe not. I, I guess I can see that the amnes has to do with. A little bit with, you know, I don't know, maybe time and space. It's just that there's something that's calling kind of beyond all of that. Okay. Yeah, but it, but it's it really can't. <laughs> it's it it can't. It's there is no images for it. Maybe and no. Um, Sure. It has no space. It's not vast because it doesn't even have a space. Yes, really. it's, it's prior to space. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. The words are, are nutty, but this is the best we can do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I've only had you know little bits of. Uh, okay. You know. So the amnes that you describe, that in some way is kind of. It still seems to be in time. Uh, I mean, I, I guess, I guess, I need to. I think, for me, it's it gets complicated because some of my glimpses have been like I started kind of turning on to non-duality maybe ten months ago, coinciding with working with ayahuasca. Oh, great. Uh, That's a great teacher. So it's always for me, but I, I, I kind of went into, went into that knowing, okay, there's a danger to ayahuasca for me because I'm not interested in... I came, prior to that, I was you know, very much into um, mystical, a mystical like Christianity and chanting and, and Kabbalah and these things. So I was mm -hmm. like, okay, I, this, I can see that this, is, this has been beautiful, but I'm looking to see what's beyond that. Um, and so I'm like, I'm not interested in creating more 
you know, sacred duality and mother ayahuasca. Like, uh, so I was always very guarded in the experience. So, but then, so I understand that I'm kind of somehow I'm getting some sort of communication from beyond any dimensions through my mind, which is the symbol machine. You know? So I'm not trusting, you know, if I'm, whatever glimpse I'm getting, I, I, I feel like there's, on some level, I'm being aided by some sort of mind exploration that's happening there. So I don't trust the authenticity of the things that I'm, that I'm maybe opening up to for a few seconds on the really deep levels. Cause, okay. Um, but I guess... Um, that's a good thing. I'm, I'm, what I feel like... Uh, I'm in a strange place, it feels like, where it's uncomfortable in some ways. I feel like I was listening to your talks. I feel like um, I might be... Okay, that, it's been a very interesting... Um, deconstruction working with that, that medicine but I feel like maybe it's enough and there's nowhere else to go I, because I just feel like I'm in this desert land of my mind where there's nothing too much there and it's uh -huh. uncomfortable even chanting which I love and I used to have a wonderful I just, it, it's, it's quite empty it doesn't okay. feel but not empty in pristine just kind of empty in mind land which is okay because I can hear the reflection I can play around with all the pointers and, you know, can the seer be seen and it can open up the space and all, the, all these things that I didn't quite get before, but it still feels like I'm, now I'm just kind of stuck in uh, just hearing the echoes of everything. Yes. Versus uh, when I was maybe more buying into the dream, I could, ha I could walk around and really feel rich. I just feel like I'm kind of in this limbo place. Yes. Um, a little uncomfortable, but I'm trusting that it's part of the process because I, I, I've done this, but something was saying do it, and I did it. Yes. I don't know if I just asked the question or not. You just answered it. Okay. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Limbo land is, is a part of the experience. I mean, everything has to be part of the whole process, of yeah. course. If it happens, it's part of the journey. Even if you feel like you're going backwards, that's part of going forwards. You can only, it's just a journey, yeah. you know? Um, but that limbo land, yeah, that's, that's okay. That's okay. Some people go deeper into it and some re-engage with life because they can't handle it and they want to fill the gaps and they want to re-experience and grasp things and engage in sex or anything that kind of yeah I, ha I hadn't had that for a while but last night I'm like I'm going home yeah. for some reason something came up last night yeah. I'm going home I'm going to eat fried chicken yes. I'm going to drink beer I'm going to have sex yes. I'm going to watch TV yes. and I was like planning it like I was literally planning it because I was going to go to another retreat after this and I was like no 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 just, that's what I'm some reason because I, it does feel a little uncomfortable and, yes. and, and, and I think when I started out there was a calling it was like yes I'm Awakening is going to happen. It just felt inevitable. It felt like there was something happening. Yes. And now it feels like I'm just stuck in this place. Like maybe it's not. I mean, I know it'll happen eventually. And there's peace saying, okay, if it happens this lifetime and next lifetime, I'm I'm not. It's part of me that's trying to force it, but there's another part that just feels that um, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how it's going to work out. In Good. A, yeah. And I and I don't know exactly I'm not so much buying into my ability to 
even though I would have could if you had asked me this, like yes, I know I can't set the agenda and that this is important to drop, but there's there, that there's because when you're speaking about the character, it's like well, what is my character? I mean, character one thing is, is just any voice in my head is a character to a certain extent, right? I mean, it's all even if it's giving me the most beautiful pointers about yes. it's still the character, it's the is. awakening it character. Is. It is. Um, but it feels like my big character is the awakening character. Okay. You know, and that's yeah. that's one that's kind of tricky. Yeah. Yes. Yes, he's alive these days. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um. Be okay with this nothing phase. It's really very important. And the pull will be to move back into life. That's what the pull is. Yeah. When this phase finishes, the way you connected with life will no longer be there. And, and that's what's kind of scary about going into this no man's land and it's like, I, you know, I could end up a hermit or I could, I, I could go anywhere from here. I could be a monk. I could do anything. You know, you kind of, you're withdrawing. So you're trying to find a place. It's natural. Your mind is going to want to do this. <clears throat> but how you connect with life would be like, actually, you know, I did it for a weekend. I had fried chicken and loads of sex. And actually, I was sick as a lord and felt absolutely filthy and just awful after the weekend. Just like sick, felt sick. That was it. Yeah. Didn't do anything. Didn't work. Didn't last. Fun while it was there, but not good enough because two days of fun was like five days of feeling yucky. You know? Yeah. And if you need to do that, you'll need to do that. But that's what's going to happen. You're going to discover that you can't do that either. The little, the little mis- trip ups I've had over the last few months have showed that. Yeah. Great. I Good. You've seen that a bit. But Good. just even little, it's like, oh yeah, there's the consequences are, are mm. huge. Yeah. 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 They far outweigh. Yeah. Yeah. So, so how you can because I'm no I'm back because then I'm back in the mind but there's no there's no comfortable projections to to blanket me yes so I'm, I'm, yes yeah that's it yeah. yeah 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 so no solid ground that's what's kicked in for you yeah there's no solid ground there's no it's just limbo it's not it's kind of directionless and you're a bit numb from life and you know perfect. Perfect. Let it get even more uh, numb, disconnected. Yeah. Yes. So how does how do, in reconciling that with head versus the heart? Mm. Part of me questions. So is this what we're talking about indicative of a kind of massive repression of the heart? The fact that I. I mean, I guess I've, oh, this isn't new. I mean, there's always been this kind of uneasiness, but I'm, I don't feel like there's any stories that I need to... I don't know. Maybe there is, but I don't feel that there's these charges that need to be released. Okay. Um, I think that's why I did ayahuasca. It's like I felt the opening, but there just felt so much... There's a lot of junk. Okay. You know, a lot of just ickiness. And it, each time I did it, I felt cleansed to a certain yes. extent. Yes. Um, but, again, not a question there. It's okay. <laughs> it's okay. It's all unfolding as it will. Yeah. If there is nothing with a charge, perfect. There is something. You have money, oh. security. Oh. Okay. Yeah, that, that's... Okay. That's, and, and, what, and the idea that it, there's... You know, this 
coming on this path kind of coincided with a business that I had a lot of projections and attachments to about like this will make me my money so then I can go do whatever I want spiritually mm. and be very mm. comfortable in mm. that pursuit that kind of collapsed yes so there's um then and so the opening happening and kind of the ego creeped in is okay so then you're going to awaken and so that will be kind of how you make money and you know, wow. <laughs> wow. I mean, a little bit, or at least, yes. or you won't care if you make money. Oh, you can be on a park. You you don't have to. You can be in a park bench, so you don't have to worry about anything. <laughs> so these kind of things tied up with money. Uh-huh. Um, that's that's the big one. That kind of is always kind of like whenever there's a gripping, it's like, yeah. what are you going to do with your life? And I don't really feel like I want to do anything but this. But then there's. Um, there's just yeah. I don't know. It's it's the big tricky one, right? It feels okay. like for me it's the big okay. separation game. The okay. money is out there, it's a symbol of so. Have you ever gone into an ayahuasca ceremony with that being your sole intent? Mm. No. Explore and clear clean up my relationship with money. No. It's an interesting one to do. Yeah. I remember doing that. Exactly that. Dedicating a, a ceremony to, to money. Yeah. It's a good one to do. That's one way to deal with it. Yeah. The other thing is, you've got to have come, kind of common sense. You know, you need to support yeah. yourself. This is how we are in this culture. We, we, you know. Yeah. If you were born in India, you know, you could become a sadhu and, and, and get fed at ashrams because you've dedicated your life to mm-hmm. awakening. So, uh, more work here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Unless so somebody wants to open a trust. <laughs> <laughs> So, so something needs to happen around, around supporting yourself, sure. And that's just common sense, but it will not be at odds with your spiritual path. It won't be. Everything is, is about your spiritual path. Mm-hmm. Everything. Every moment. Yeah, that's, that's the scene, that it's all yeah. somehow a perfect uh, yeah. reflection of what needs to be it seen. Is. Yeah. It is. So it's not an obstacle to getting a job or setting up a company or it's th- these things are not obstacles at all yeah they'll teach you they'll it's, the it's scary for me because it's scary that because i have something right now i'm okay but it's much less secure than i, I would have you know, like sure but um the thought is but if this falls apart and i have to go work and some random job i'm gonna i won't have this the support to i'll fall into dream world more you know if i but if you fall into dream world, then let it happen. Yeah. Because any awakening that needs one to not be in working in a Seven Eleven or whatever that's then that's that's my if I need that if I if I'm still have that fear that I could die if I have to work at a Seven yeah. Eleven somehow my well being my truth yeah then I don't think I'll awaken if no. I'm still really holding on to absolutely. that absolutely yeah absolutely it's got to be fine because if if. If a mundane job is anyway going to threaten an awakening, well, that's that's a. You're gonna have to have a mundane job. Yeah, <laughs> of course. <laughs> it's gotta be tested. Yeah. It's gotta be tested it over and over and over again. Yeah. Yeah. Unless you want to go for something inauthentic, and that stinks. Yeah. So let the density have you, and yeah. see if it brings up the eye, and then you'll see what work needs to happen. Yeah. I mean, my feet, when we talked about head versus the heart, it seems to me 
It's more like the head and the heart, you know? Yeah. They're not versus each yeah, other. Yeah, that's what I was... It, it yeah. seems like it's just a, a, just a lower density of the same thing, or the same um, awareness. Does that make sense? Which or, is the lower density? Or the, 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 the Not low, but the more... It's like the the heart. It's it's it has more beingness. Where it's more left. The the head would be a more subtle aspect of that. Oh. Huh? Just that's your take on it. Yeah. No. Yeah, that's <laughs> I'm how it is for teach you. you. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, how it yeah. is for you. Yeah. yeah. People people find their own definition for it or how it resonates with them. But that's how it works for you, and it makes sense. Sure. The yeah. beingness is here. You know. Okay, that's okay. What do you think? <laughs> Venus will have to go. You know? Okay. Yeah. Venus will have to go. But if beingness is how you access the heart center, great. So what are we going to do when beingness goes? So the heart doesn't have to go, but beingness has to go. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Can you expand a little bit on that? Mm-hmm. So beingness is a perspective. Okay. It's a Who's, point of perception yeah. which is sensed through for you through the heart center. I actually really have a hard time with the word beingness. Okay. Like I never it always feels quite difficult to hold that All right. word. But I So what's here? Uh I don't know. Peace. Okay. I mean what you mean when when I'm pointing to Yeah. Um, well, well, uh, let's find another word. Yeah, the heart's fine. The heart, but I, I'm, I try to put it. I try to. I like being this because for some reason it seems to be a block to it. But maybe that's an, oh, okay. a wisdom block on some. Okay. I don't okay. Know. Okay. Could be. I, I like to think that you know how can I unravel the heart? So yes. Being this is hard, so I need to. Is that? Okay. I feel like when I come to retreats, there's something that drops in. Yes. Huh. That drops. That comes in, and it's. It's a, the awareness that on some level was was. was it just comes in and settles a little more. So okay. Does it align with comes in from the head down into the torso? Is that part of it? Does it have a physiological counterpoint counterpart? Uh, energetically, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Why does life stop the dropping in? I think there's. Uh, just complicated it's just a distrust of I mean on, on just uh, especially maybe even more now because it's like the, it's, it's on some level skewed in my psyche because it's like hey, this isn't real um, and I'm trying to it's like okay stepping back but then you know I live in my projections on some level I have to there's there's like a, a split that says these projections aren't real, but then I'm creating a split there because mm. you know I there they are real on some level because I because if I'm creating a split then I'm creating some sort of duality that I'm not this but I, yes. I am all yes so um, yes so yeah. Um, so tell me about creating that split. Does it protect you in some way? Is there something else going on there? Yeah, I, I think I think it does protect me. 
Um, okay. I think it does protect me. It's. Um, yeah, I guess I guess I just just to really say yes to this moment is complicated. It just doesn't feel available at most times. Okay. It feels available for me to go within and you know and. Do whatever I do. I mean, I, I'll even I'll just kind of work with reflecting. I might say your name and open up a space, or I'll say yes, uh, or I'll, I'll I can open up into that space, and then I can carry that. But then sometimes to just like that's easier than maybe Eckhart Tolle's work, which this is really hard. You know, this okay. idea of just being present okay. in this without so much assessing the more ultimate reality of kind of coming in from a more clarified emptiness or stillness. Um, I don't know if I'm making sense. You're fine. Yeah. I'm still after the same thing. Okay. There's something about when you're at retreats or it's, it's like the division between your spiritual life and the rest of life. Yeah. And in the spiritual life, it's I'm going to use my own words now, right? Yeah. And if I'm way off, tell me because I'm just exploring a scenario here. In the spiritual life, you can drop in and it's safe and it's clear, um, but, you know, life can be kind of pushed out. Then in life, it's a different scenario. There's a different set of rules and you operate differently. There, there, there's definitely still a split there. Yeah. Yeah, and it's, it's you know, it's quite, which is, which is the fear of the job thing. It's like, okay. I'm going to not have to work from, I'm going to get stuck in that, that one. Yes. You know, so. Yes. Um, is it true or is it just a fear that you get stuck in that one? Uh, it's. It's, it's, it, I don't have, even the thoughts around it aren't even, I, it's just a fear. I don't even spend a lot of time thinking about it. It's just a primal thing that worries about money and then thinks about that. But I don't spend a lot of time. Yeah. If I was really presented with it, I, I think, no, it's just a fear. Yeah. Okay. No, it's, ultimately it's uh-huh. not true. All right. I can connect with that. All right. I think. You think? <laughs> No, yes, I do, I, I do, I do. I'm just trying not to say things that aren't totally true. That's all right. Yeah. Okay. Then wouldn't it be a great spiritual practice to get a mundane job? I have one now. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> well, I'm starting one. Okay. Working for my friend, cleaning his apartment. He has a, and, Perfect. And it's very simple. Yeah. You know, it's much, it's like totally opposite end of the spectrum of what I was doing. Okay. And then I'm a little scared about it, yeah. Okay. I'm scared, it's just... Because I'm starting it like uh-huh. next week. So. Okay. Um, Good. So it should be so, and and this is something that kind of just came. I was going to like go mm. off and go to some find some community, and mm. then he and came hide. in and offered me like a, a job. It's like okay, well, I'll just take it because it just kind of came. So. Great. Good for yeah. you. Good for you. Okay. All right. So that takes care of you kind of going into the world a little bit more. Yeah. And and. Having a regular job. All right. So what's going to happen is that fear will find another story to attach to. It can do mundane job. It can do money. It can do security. Yeah. Fear itself, you've got to figure out what that is. Yeah. That's the thing that has charge. That's the thing that's in your heart. Yeah. Fear. It might be the only thing, but it's very alive. Yeah. It's come up in a few different ways. Yeah. But it's fear itself. And we can, we'll attack, it can stick to anything, you know. Yeah. But fear is there. The yeah. capacity to believe the story of fear. When fear comes up, you're in. You're in. It's running. Yeah. It's got a threat. 
This has I to be emptied out. Yeah. Yeah, it has to be emptied out. And it's funny, it's, it, it might seem subtle, but it's actually so potent for you that it's created a divide between spiritual and non-spiritual. It's that potent that it's interfering with your perception and doing that much separation for you. Yeah. You see? Yeah. Is there a particular mantra for that? No, I'm just kidding. I, I'm just kidding. I was kidding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. No, no. no. I'm, yeah, it's just something I'll have to. Yeah, I have to go into it. it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and you yeah. can even ask, like, all right, teach me about fear. Come on, what's what? What is fear? What what's it like? You know, sit in some place around here. You know. Yeah. And just like, okay, what is fear? What is this? Is it just physiological? Is it what? what what's the sequence here? When, when we mentioned, uh, we brought up darkness last that night, that was very helpful. Okay. Because I, I, I could see that resting in it, it's like right here, the darkness is really not like so far away like before. It's right here, but there's just this impulsive thing just to not let myself go into... You can't the, fall the, into the darkness? Yeah, and just to kind of maybe, yeah, I don't, I mean... Again, maybe darkness is some, it's just for the mind of communicating something that's beyond white and light and yes. dark. But I think something about that. Uh, yeah, I had a, Yeah, I think there's and maybe the fear comes up because there is that sense of like there's this person that's trying to kill the me to a certain extent. You know, I, I had like a dream of like I don't know. Just it just stuck with me like me going into this building and just trying to just blowing it up and like running out. I just was like, oh yeah, that's that's what I'm trying to do to myself. On some level, my mind is interpreting it like that. Okay, but you know, it's not destructive. It's actually evolutionary. Yeah, I know, yeah. Yeah, I know. You know, everything that's born dies. It's like the fall, you know, things just die off. Yeah. And, and, and you see that, oh gosh, I never was actually. I, I, it was just a sequence of thoughts that were believed yeah. by consciousness itself, that's all. That's, and I thought it was me for a while. Oops. You know, it can be that simple. Yeah. It's not a violent death. Is it is it useful to, or I, I guess the best thing is if awakening happens, I don't mind. If it doesn't happen, I don't mind. Oh is yeah, that good? have no attachment to it. Yeah, you can't help but you know once once this path has grabbed you, you can't help but follow it. You can't help yeah. it. You know it's got that pull that's like it's pointless fighting it. So. What our mind likes to do is put a goal at the end of anything I'm doing. Yeah. We have to have a goal, you see? And that's, that's not going to wash with this because it'll keep you seeking forever. Because there isn't a goal in terms of how the mind would recognize a goal. There isn't. It's just like, oh my God, I really fell for that for a long time. Do you know? It's yeah. very ordinary. It's very ordinary. The projection that it's attainable and that there's something wonderful there comes from other people who are running the idea of a goal. So, so the idea that there's something great about awakening can only come from somebody who believes in separation. That's where that idea comes from. Yeah. Nobody who's seen the truth is going to tell you it's fantastic. I mean, you know, 
it ends up being so what if 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 the belief that I was Jack started again? So what? So what? When you say it's not fantastic, what do you like? Because that's a word. That's that's how you would just that's some I'm describing something and saying yeah, that just a goal. Something. Like oh, that's what I want. You know. Yeah, yeah. So if somebody wants something, it's like well. You know, no, the goal idea is, is part of a projection. There isn't a reward or a goal or a crack of gold or, a, or there isn't. It's just the ordinariness of, of the truth shows itself. Is there something pulling you, because you're describing going back, back. Yeah. is there like a sublimeness that's, that seems to be calling you back or it's just like I can't help but go back? Or when you go back further, is it because, what, what, why is it, other than maybe you can't help it, why is it of something that speaks to you? Yeah. You know what you know the, the, the difference is is that the, the Jack character is, is like just a tiny, tiny part of manifestation. So to say that it speaks to me or it does this to me, that, that always feels I have to kind of look for it, you know, to like yeah, yeah. let's let's see how the Jack character, what's her position in this? Because she, yeah, she, yeah. she serves what I am. She, she actually doesn't have a lot going on herself, you know? She doesn't. She's just a functioning woman who, who, who functions and does the shopping and cooks dinner and washes the kitchen floor and normal stuff, normal stuff, you know? Life continues. But the going back, yeah, the, 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 the totality sits there. It just sits there. And even if, you know, the, whatever, there, uh, there's a puncture in the car, the totality is still, it, it, that's still the viewpoint. Even though there's like the car is kind of wobbling and out of control and moving down here, this viewpoint never moves never moves. Is that great? It's like, no, it's just what's happening. The part of, oh, that'd be great because I wouldn't care. I wouldn't, that's all a projection from, from separation because it, this is just what's happening. Like, like sitting in this chair is just happening now. It's, it doesn't have the, this is great, this is not great. I like it, I don't like that. That's very low volume, very low volume because it's just the Jack character. And, and it, you know, it's, it's like my hand just doing this. It's like, sure, it's nothing. It's just low, it's just moving. Because I can't find words often, you know, and just it has no significance. So, so it's not that it's better for me to go back or or not go back. The the totality is is the big screen, and that's visible from all the time. I think even when I'm in deep sleep, I, there's something that's actually not hasn't disappeared when I'm in deep sleep. And from that totality, the pulling back. Is there, sorry. Yeah. No, you finish. It's, it's perhaps that a different vocabulary happens when the Jack brain interprets a way to explain mm. how it is. Yeah. That's the only thing that's been happening for a few years. There hasn't been a further moving back. If there's more, great. If there isn't, great. It's like, it, it, uh, it, it feels kind of final, you know, but that doesn't mean it, it is final. I don't know. But 
Yes, it's all about the jack brain finding a way to, 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 to bring wisdom or story or interpretation or models or explanations into manifestation through words. Yeah. That, that's kind of what happens. Is there, mm. would you, is there peace there? Where? In this place, in this totality, the place that... It's neither, it doesn't have any opposites. Yes, that's yes. the language. Yeah. It doesn't have any opposites. It's neither <clears throat> at peace or perturbed. It doesn't have either. And the, if you come back to the Jack character, there's no, there's no story there. It's like, that was a little freaky. There's nothing there that's like that. It's just, it's very, there's not fear that comes back when it's referencing that, or no? I mean, I take it not. I mean, are no. you? Yeah, okay. No. Because I think my heart finds it scary. Okay. Yeah. Because yeah. fear that, doing its dance with you again. Yeah. The heart is, well, what, where am I going? Because it's, you know, I, I study Course in Miracles, so that has a lot of beautiful language. Mm, yeah. it's, it's not quite going to this place. Yeah. But um, certainly not most of it, but even in its, I mean, it would, in its deepest pointing, it's basically, say, the deepest place that it can point to is, you know, God is nothing else, and we can't say anything more than yes. that. Yes, yes. Um, so there, yeah, okay. I guess That's there. really great, but there is yeah. a prior to that, as yeah. you know. There's a prior to that. Yeah. Sure. Non-conceptual, but we have to turn it into concepts to point to it, to point to it, but it's actually non-conceptual. That's why I'm talking about existence breaks down. You see it's a concept, so what do you do then, you know? And that's either going to kind of resonate, or it's like, what is she talking about? <laughs> and it's one or the other. Got it. <laughs> yeah. Um. Explore fear, huh? That's the one that's hovering around and ho holding the old framework together. Yeah. Because something is hanging out in, in limbo land. And limbo land is great. You know you're not going to go back into life. But have a look at that at fear. It's bleeding into a lot of things for you. You're going to have to let it have you, you know? Yeah. Let it have you. And the moment that you don't resist fear, it actually, you, you, you get to see what it really is, which is nothing. Yeah. It's nothing. It falls down. But you have to explore that for yourself. You can't take my word for it. You have to know that for yourself. Yeah. You know? But the more we contract and are fearful of fear, and the more we are in a relationship with fear, fear is really alive. Yeah. If there's no resistance, and you let it have you, you discover what it is. Okay. Thank you. Sure. Yeah. Let me know how you get on, huh? Oh, well, I'll check in later this week. Yeah, do okay. check in. Yeah. Shamala, were you coming up? No, I'm good. I was, okay. I was just responding to my video. Okay. Yes. Okay. So I'm fairly new to this. I was exposed to you about a month ago, and um, it blew my mind. <laughs> that's why I'm here. Um, but that's a good thing, because my mind seems to take over way too much. And okay. so I'm kind of confused as to where I am right now, 
because I'm tired of managing things. Oh, right. You know? And I don't want to, I'm, you know, I'm sick of all the self-help books and all the, all the seeking that I've been doing. So I don't want to intellectualize any of this. And I know that there's probably a place for that to understand. Very good. There is. But I don't want to get stuck there. And so I'm kind of wanting to know, because I'm so new to this and haven't really, you know, like some people have been studying this for a while, so they've, they're coming with specific questions. Well, what happens here? And I haven't had those experiences. And maybe that's a good thing because maybe, maybe there's just a quicker way to get there because normally my path would be to analyze it and tear it apart and, you know, do all okay. of that. So I don't want to go there. Okay. But I don't really know. Like, I don't know if I've cleared my heart. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know where I am. Okay. All right. I know that I am very controlling and I'm ready to let that go. Good. Okay. Have you had glimpses of where you see that things aren't how they look? Like a crack in the matrix, like the movie The Matrix, you know? That mm -hmm. kind of a seeing that it's a matrix. Yeah. You've had glimpses of yeah. that? Okay. Do they last long? No, probably not very long. Okay. You know, like, it's so wonderful that everybody shared because there's aspects to everybody's story yes. that I can relate to. Yes. So I get that we're all connected in that way. And I think, Andy, it was something that, and now that just flew out of my head. What do you say about um, getting glimpses? Oh, I forget. I forget okay. where I was going no with that, sorry. All right, okay. So, so... When, when, when you get glimpses and you mm -hmm. see things and, and your perception is shifting, right. what's interesting to notice is that what brings back the world to appear like it used mm -hmm. to appear? Right. If you get a glimpse and you get an insight, right. but yet you go back to the old way, right. is the old way the very same? I want to know what turns back on the movie. If a crack comes, what turns back on the movie? I don't know. I think that's what I was going to say about with Andy. Like, when I'm in a spiritual setting, I can stay there more. Okay. And then in life, it doesn't happen so much. I get triggered a lot, you know. I, I guess. I guess that's what happens. I get triggered. And it... What's that? What, what happens? I guess... Um, I don't, I don't really know what happens. Uh -huh. I mean, I guess it's different all the time. I, I guess just... These are the patterns that you've got to identify. Yeah. What is it that turns... Because, you see, it's one thing to kind of go back and, you know, in meditation, spiritual mm -hmm. setting, you, right. know, you probably know things that, that trigger that, mm -hmm. the, the broader view, right. the, serious, the clearer seeing. Right. All right, so let's see what pushes you back the other way. What pushes you back into the drama? What are those things that just... It, it takes you. It's got to be control. Is it? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It, it's got to be um, maybe wanting things to be a certain way or... Okay. Okay. All right. There's a few things about control. At some level, the controller, that mm -hmm. part of the character, the controller will always be there. Right. Because we have to kind of <coughs> control how, you know, you, just, you have to do certain things, certain right. ways. That's it. It's 
you know, expected. You drive on the right side of the road here, and right. that's we have to exercise some control right. over things. Right. right. So there's always some element of control that must must stay there. Otherwise, we can't participate at all. The thing is, is is to find that level of of where. Yes, some aspect of the controller has to stay there, which is basically being able to function okay. in the world. Okay. To identify that that level and that to see that all the rest of it is just ego trying to reaffirm itself, okay. trying to reestablish you. Right. So we've got to slice off okay. the top part, the fluff okay. that's creating the personal eye. Now it would be good a good exercise to explore what do I gain out of this? One thing to look at would be the attachment to the outcome. When mm. I'm in control, <laughs> I get A, B, C, D. Yeah, that's, that's the first yeah. thing to chop. Right. And to see through that these things, let them be not good enough. These things that you get, the benefits of being in control, mm -hmm. are they really good enough? Because you're paying a high price. Right. I don't want to pay it anymore. All right. I'm tired. So you're going to lose I the consequences. Mm -hmm. Is that all right? If you yeah. lose all the consequences. I'm, I'm ready for that. I think it's just habitual at this point. Okay. Okay. So things might look a bit crazy for a while. Mm -hmm. And you're okay with that? What do you mean crazy? <laughs> <laughs> you try to minimize the yeah. chaos. That's my life. You mm -hmm. just hit the nail on the head. Mm -hmm. Everything I do is to minimize chaos. Okay. What's wrong with chaos? It's crazy. Yes. It's, it's out of control. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> and the funny thing is, I've worked for 20 years with a man who is crazy and chaotic. Ah. And everything in my office world is chaotic. Ah. And I have tried to, and, and he wants me yes. to get him organized. Yes. But it's impossible to do. <laughs> ah. So I'm managing everything and everybody wow. and I'm tired of being the responsible one. Wow. Mm. I really, I, I don't want to be the responsible one anymore. Okay. I don't want to be the thinker. Okay. So we've got to have common sense here then because if you're going to not be the, have that management role, the, the, the anchor to organize a chaotic workplace. And it's real chaotic. Then, then, <laughs> then it's going to get really chaotic and well, I, I want I want to transition out of there. Yeah, that's I, the I definitely do. I mean, I've been wanting right. to do that for a while. Okay, but I haven't done it because I want to go into something that's meaningful to me. Okay, I don't want to do that kind of work anymore. All right, because you know, it's accounting, it's property management, it's you okay. know running an office, running businesses. Yes, and I want to do something that that speaks to me, that I really enjoy and I love. Okay. But like Andy, I haven't figured out a way that I can do that and make money, so there's that whole okay. thing there. Do you know what would be a really good idea for you? Oh, tell me. Would be to find a similar job and learn how to be there without being the controller. Can I just stay in the one I have and do that? I don't know if that environment would, would allow you to drop your habit. Okay, why? Because, because the law of opposites is very strong. Okay. And if you're in an environment that's about chaos and your, your way has to swing it back into some kind of order, mm -hmm. sometimes it's just too strong. Okay. That that deal is too strong. And that for you to join the chaotic thing actually is destructive for the business, for, for you all, for the relationships. Right. You're 
<laughs> right. Yeah. It doesn't feel, in that situation, it doesn't feel like it would be the best way for you to learn how to drop the controller. Okay. It doesn't feel it. It feels like the price would be very high on everybody. Right. And, and, and that doesn't need to happen. Okay. What needs to happen is that the controller is dropped. Okay. So to move you to an environment where the only thing that changes, mm -hmm. you know, it's not a whole new business, it's not a whole new career training. Move, move to where most of it is the same, but where you are totally different. Okay. You going in, being professional in a completely different, uncontrolling way. Just doing your gig and not managing the ship, not keeping it afloat. Right. That would be a really good thing. Can you do the same job without being the controller? I guess it would depend on the environment and what responsibilities are mine. I mean, at this point, I run the show. Yes. I'm the only one in the office yes. besides my boss, so yes. I manage you have his to world. Manage. You have to manage it, you see. You can't, you, you can't mm -hmm. drop the controller there. It's, it's, it, it's going to be destructive in an area where it doesn't need to be destructive. Right. You know? And as well, there's, there's a kind of... This path can be tough enough, you know? It, if there's an opportunity to have minimal damage, let's have minimal damage, you know? Okay. Okay. So if there is another situation where there is somebody else managing an office and you come in as a, in another role, but that somebody else is... Act, you're not the only person holding the ship together. Okay. That would be really useful. Okay. Can I just do my job description without organizing any chaos? without being the balancing factor to anything chaotic. Right. Can I do it and see a total mess in the filing system, a total mess in how yeah, things are managed, and I just do my accounts, and I just do a little bit of this and a little bit of that. And it might mean a step down, and let that be okay. Mm -hmm. Could you be in the workplace and not be the controller? I would love to. Okay, that would be really good. Can I just go teach yoga? You can, but you won't make much money. I know. Mm -hmm. That's the problem. And it feels like that's not ready to change yet. No. Yeah. Wherever we can turn off the controller. Because you could, you see, you can change your career and teach yoga. And teach yoga for 10 years. And basically nothing much happens because the controller is just on holidays because she's never been in an environment right, where right, her right. MO it's would be, I can tested. control this, mm -hmm. where it's tested. Right. Where it's tested. To do it in your workplace, you could do it in your workplace, but... What about home and personal relationships? Yeah, of course do it there. Mm -hmm. Of course do it there. But it's definitely being resourced at work. Right. The habit is being reinforced at work. That's for sure. When you talk about work, it's like, whoa, you're... you're, you're oh, you have no idea. Yeah, yeah, it's oh. very, yeah, it's, oh. yeah, it's, 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 it's making you do something that you don't need to do anymore. Oh. You know, you don't need to do that anymore. Mm -hmm. So, you know, taking a job, similar, similar area, work areas, you don't have to run away from the situation. But you can be there in a different way and you can explore. So it's light. So it's a playground. It doesn't really matter if you leave it after three months or six months because... You can, you can be any which way you want. You can be more fluid when you're definitely not going to be the controller. Right. You see? You just do your job and you close the door and you really don't care about it. Even to do that would be really good for you. Right. You know? The place where, where it's reinforced is work. If you start by shifting out of work, it'll be easier to shift it in relationships and at home. Okay. You can start right now at home and in relationships, but it's not going to be as effective if you don't change work. 
Okay. Do you know? Mm-hmm. Do you ever do anything irresponsible? <laughs> do you ever swing it back the other way? I worked with a lady one time who made me um, wear different colored socks, like one on each, uh-huh. you know, because she, you know, she made me have a food fight with my kids. And yes. <laughs> she made me mess up my room and live in it for days without cleaning it. Very good, yeah. <laughs> but, um, and, and, no, I really don't do anything irresponsible. <laughs> I really don't. How did you do with those exercises? Um, <laughs> I minimize chaos, so I don't do anything irresponsible because I don't want the drama. Um, with those exercises, well, the food fight was outside, so I didn't have to clean it up. So I, I could like minimize a few minutes. <laughs> she knew not to push me over the edge. Um, Wearing the different socks, I had long pants on. Minimized again. And the messing up of the room, um, that was just kind of a game. Okay. Like I knew it was going to be cleaned up. But I've gotten that. Wow. <laughs> right? Right? Yeah. I, I know, I'm in deep. <clears throat> um, but <laughs> I've gotten better, though, about like my world can be like messy for a couple of days. Okay. And then I have to get it organized again. Okay. You know, things can be out of place. So okay. I'm kind of, everything has a home and everything's got to be in its home kind uh-huh. of a thing. But, um, but I can do that now without it actually being like, like I'm going to suffocate if it doesn't get cleaned up. Okay. I just prefer it to be cleaned up. Okay. Good. Good. It's definitely softened. It has. Okay. Oh, yeah. I've actually, believe it or not, gotten way better. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Good. I really have. Okay, good. Why does it still feel tight then? Because I still don't like chaos. Is it, why is it not okay to have an aversion to chaos? Oh. Oh. <laughs> so it's okay to not like chaos? No, I'm saying why oh. is it not okay? Why is it not okay not to like to, it? Yes. May, um, maybe because it's not okay not to like chaos because because it's too rigid. Wait, I'm getting it confused. Okay, so chaos, you don't mm-hmm. like it, right? But I feel bad about not yeah. liking it. Why, why, is, why does this have to change? What, what's, what's wrong with that? You don't like chaos. What, what, what? Why does that I, have to go? I, I guess that doesn't have to go. Maybe it's the emotional charge behind it that has to go because of the controlling nature. Like if I just did it and just did it and I was okay with it. But if it gets chaotic then that starts to stress me out. Ah, uh, okay. It's stress. I try uh, to minimize stress. Aha. Uh-huh. All right. That's what it is. It's stressful right. to me. Because you know why? It makes me... It's more work. Stress is more work. Well, chaos is more work. Chaos is more work. Yeah. Because if you just, like, maintain and keep things going, it never makes this big mess uh-huh. that then would be overwhelming to me to try to uh-huh. clean up. Okay. You know what I mean? Okay. And sometimes, that, you know, I mean, not literally a mess, but you know what sure. I mean? Like, 
if if you're do if you're keeping up with things as you go, it never gets out of control. Yes. It never just creates all this work because it yes. just comes naturally to me to like go through the house and put things in place. Like I don't think about it. It's not yes. that's not work to me. Yes. But if everything got messed up and then I had to go through and take hours to put it back together, that would be work to me. And why is work stressful? Hmm. Why isn't just isn't it just like what's happening for three hours? Right. Just organizing a chaotic kitchen for three hours. What's, what's because I because I guess I think that if I wouldn't have let it get that way, then I wouldn't have to do it. And maybe it's not something that I want to take my time to do. I don't know. I've not really explored that. Yeah. What are the stories that you run? Mm-hmm. That you know. That, like so. So you've established it creates stress. Yeah. Because I'm not perfect. Okay. Because it's about perfection. Uh huh. Maybe that's it. Uh huh. That's definitely in there. Yeah. And there's more in there. But that's Tell me, there. Jack. No, you <laughs> I know you know. <laughs> I know, I know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so who's looking over your shoulder, seeing if you're perfect or not? Hmm. Virgo grandmother, Virgo mother. Virgo. Wow. <laughs> I know, I gotta I tell you, it's, it's ingrained. Mm. Yeah. I don't know, I don't know. Maybe imperfection is okay. Well, nothing is perfect, so... No, nothing at all is nothing. perfect. It's just your own perception of right. this, is, I, this is okay and this is not acceptable. Mm-hmm. It's your own lens. Right. Completely your own lens and it's creating torture. It's overwhelm, stress, all these potentials are in there. Right. And it's just your perception. And you see, well, I'm kind of cruising around it because some people are actually well when there's... You know, when the environment is 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 pleasant, mm-hmm. is ordered, and some people are unwell. The same people are unwell if it's not. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to figure out. What do you mean by out, well and unwell? Yeah, it's like something uh, energetically they're 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 thrown. It does. It throws me. Does it throw you? Yeah. I mean, I don't. I, I wonder don't is like that it. learned or is it innate? I don't know. You see, I'm beginning to think it's learned. Well, yeah, my mother had lots of issues. I think it's learned. It feels like it's learned. <laughs> yeah. And that's that's the, the core of it, you know. If it's innate, that actually I, I I just need to do that. It's like somebody I need to go for a walk. I need to be in nature actually, and I just build it into my life because I need that. Right. It's that kind of a thing. Yeah, you just need to do it. Okay. Right. But for you, I don't get that. Okay. I don't get that. So, so for you, you get that. For me, it's about my self worth. Yeah. Okay. It's a hot pot right. of stuff. Because I don't feel good about me. Yes. Because things on the surface aren't nice and perfect. It's like, I will feel okay when this is okay. Because it's a reflection of you. Yes. Right. And you're your own self-critic, and you imagine other people well, I'm are a critic. critic. Like, oh, you bet. I'm a huge critic. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to be a critic anymore. Yeah. I don't want to have that critical eye anymore. Yes. It's going to make me cry, sorry. Yes, it's perfect, it's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's painful. Yes. I don't like it at all. Yes. So how do I get rid of it? You're going to see when you're doing it and nip it. Because some part of you likes it. Because you feel better 
when you see something that's not okay, you feel better because you know better, or you could have done it better. So in some or way, I fix it. Or you can fix it. Some way you're you're puffing up the ego through the criticism. Yeah. You know? So it's just a mechanism you have to make you feel okay. To bolster yourself up a little bit. How can I break that? Mm. It's in the moments that you can see that you're criticizing, that you're judging, the, whether it's somebody else or, you, or, or yourself. The moment that is, ah, there I go again, and keep it light. Don't criticize yourself for criticizing. Uh, yeah. That won't work. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that really won't work. Yeah. It's like, whoa, there you go again, trying to beef yourself up by, by running that criticism loop. You know, it's like, you know what? It's fine, just as it is, it must be perfect. You know, a, a, an interesting thing to use as, a, as, as an anchor in this is like, you know, if the divine is manifesting like that, it's probably better than what I imagine I could do. It's probably the way it's supposed to be. <laughs> do you know? Mm-hmm. But the ego always thinks it knows better than, than, than what's divinely perfect. Right. <laughs> That's a good anchor. You know, and even if it's like, whoops, there I am improving on God. <laughs> you know, there we go. That's the Virgo for you. <laughs> you know, yeah. It's like, so you gotta, yeah, just keep it light, keep it light. But the only way you can break it is the moments that you see that you're doing it. You stop it and you go to something light. Shift the energy completely. You go to a, a light thought, which is like, whoops, there we go. There we go, God. Like laugh at it. Yeah. Okay. Laugh at the perspective, at that loop. Okay. You know, because you know now what it's doing. Okay. You know? Right. That feels good. You know? Mm-hmm. So it's, it, it, it's all about seeing when you're, when you're turning that on. The criticism, the, because what happens is the criticism, and then the action, and then you give yourself permission to feel okay. So right. you've really got two ways of feeling yourself okay. One is that you saw that it wasn't perfect. So now you... you you're going to do you're something getting, about it. Yeah, you're strong mm-hmm. now. Right. And then you're being proactive and you feel even stronger because right. you've got a sense of power. Right. You see? And then you execute it and you give yourself permission to get your bit of reward and you can let go of the stress again. What a loop. Because it's, it's, it's torture. It's exhausting and it's torture. So it's just painful. Yeah. And it's making all this physical work and all. It's like, what a waste of your energy. Yeah. You could be using all that energy to go in, you know? Right. So it starts right now. Every time the, the, the critic is active, noticing anything. Okay. And you'll find as you perceive the most mundane things, there'll be a criticism on it. I know. Yeah. <laughs> terrible. And, you know, Father just say, really? I'm judging how that person parked their car? Really? <laughs> and, you know? And so, I want to go straight in that picture. Yeah, I bet. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so that's it. So, so that's the action that comes from the... So that's already too deep into it. Right. You've got to see it the moment that, like, whoa, there I am. Is there something wrong with the picture being crooked? Wow. So that's what So there's you, nothing wrong with that picture being crooked? Oh, of course not. It's fine, no? I mean, it's been fine for lots of people. Okay. Who says it's 
wrong to cook it's cooking, right? Yeah. And, okay. and why is it wrong perception. to cook it? Okay. I, yeah, sure. It's tilted off center. It's, it's off. So? That's a, why, why, what's so nice about right angles anyway? Why does that do it parallel to the floor and the ceiling? I mean, <laughs> You know? Okay. Like, yeah, you're right. It's just another viewpoint, you know? There's a whole science around, around right angles, actually. The more we see right angles in our homes and in our houses, and we're full of it, like we're always, we've got right angles everywhere, that the more we see right angles, the more it creates limits in our thinking. And there's quite a few science papers on it, you know? It's, it's true, you know? That whole Steiner movement is about that, you know? It's like curves actually makes you, makes you more unlimited. So you should move into a dome? Well, just stop criticizing things and you'll be doing just fine. <laughs> you know, that's why we feel better in, in circular buildings and domes and yurts and yeah, even pyramids. On the inside, there's no right angles, you know, mm-hmm. just and they're potent on the inside, you know. Interesting. No right angles on the outside either, is there? Mm. So, you know, mm. uh, the, but, but yet, so that's a different perception around right angles, completely different perception. Mm-hmm. It's actually easier on your system to see something that's not on a right angle. But your perception is so such a habit right. that you, you, you just, no. Your perception will tell you, I criticize, I'll fix it, I'll feel better. Mm-hmm. You know? Right. So we've got to see it at the moment that you see the imperfections. Like, ah, oh, there you go again. Okay. There you go again, improving on something that's actually just fine. But it would be very difficult to do that at work. Because for you to find the line between, between what's necessary to keep the, the office efficient mm-hmm. and, and where, where you stop and start in the role that you've now created for yourself, <coughs> it would be very hard to see what's necessary to keep the place efficient and what's over and above what's required of you, which is part of the compulsion. Mm-hmm. It will be very difficult for you to see that. That's why I'm not keen to to change too much at work, except just change jobs. Okay. You know, but it's in every moment where you see criticism. In every moment. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Yeah, sure. Let's chisel away at that and see how you do. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Sure. I'm messing your bed up tonight. You are. <laughs> okay, I'll let you. Okay, I'll be perfect. <laughs> Hi. Hi there. I'm not sure if I have an actual question. I've really enjoyed everybody's sharing and speaking and can identify many different places. Um, I think the, the one thing that I've been up against recently, or actually it's been a trajectory in my life that really came big again, um, I, I live in New York City. I actually don't live in Austin. Oh. I live in New York City. Okay. <clears throat> I work in New York City. And uh, it's a very chaotic place.
place with a lot of right angles. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> That's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. And um, the experience that I have is, it seems to me that when I'm working and, and living, the sense of I is not very strong. I have a very light sense of I. But what happens to the physical body is after long periods of work, which is for me is intense, I work with people one-on-one -on -one and I teach groups as well, um, that after a while, the physical body gets sick. So I still have a bit of cold, and, mm -hmm. but it gets very sick. Huh. I can be down for weeks where my immune system shuts down and many things physically happens. And at this point, it's almost humorous to me. I'm, I'm almost 50 and I've been in this experience for many, many years. And... Um, you know, I ask myself the question, does it matter? Or what does it matter? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know? Except that when I'm really ill and I have to take chunks of time away from people and I have to, like, repair somehow the physicalness, mm -hmm. in those moments it seems to matter. Like, okay this is important, or I have to make sure, and I have to take care. And Yes. But when I'm in the life and in the experience, it doesn't matter until it hits me really hard. Yes. So I'm in this yes. bizarre, yes, bizarre conundrum, and it's a constant cycle. Okay, okay. This could be what's happening. And... Um, when identification with the body stops, the relationship with the body changes totally. Mm -hmm. When you know you're not the body, mm -hmm. and you know you're not your body, mm -hmm. you just know it. So, it, 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 it totally, it, it, you have to find a way to, to relate to the body again, or it has to come in, in, into the new viewpoint, the wider viewpoint. The body has to come in, and it, it has such... A small part, it has to scream before it's heard. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay? So, so the thing is, it's really important for you to build in a body maintenance thing in your life. Mm -hmm. You have to compensate for this. Mm -hmm. You have to just reorganize things so that there is acupuncture every two weeks. Or there's body work every two weeks, mm -hmm. but nothing more than two weeks for sure. Mm -hmm. Nothing more than there has to be some some kind of care for your body, mm -hmm. something to keep it moving and flu it's some some something has to address it. Mm -hmm. You've got to get help from somebody to address it because it's not communicating loud enough. It's too small a component mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. for whatever you're doing, yeah. which is much more global. It's much bigger whatever yeah. you're doing. Yeah. So so it's it's just too tiny. So it doesn't have any space now. That's, you just put words to it because um, I'm alarmed sometimes at how um, taken down I can get. Yes. Physiologically, the body goes. Yes. And um, 
I'm not paying attention to the signals. They don't matter. You don't even hear them. They don't even hear them. Yeah, they don't rate in there. No. Because you've got some other thing going on that's actually really is more important. Phenomenally, it is more important. Mm -hmm. It is. But you need a body to do it. Yes. That's the deal. That's the deal. And that's the part that uh, coming here, I I got really sick again prior to coming. And... Mm -hmm. um, Having to square attention into my body and 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 recognize the um, what you're saying every two weeks, having a regime for yes. this yes. vehicle to yes. continue so that life can continue. Yes, because where I live, New York is very intense. Yes, and it requires a lot of many things and. Uh, Thank you for the confirmation just on just yeah. that piece of taking care. And, and, and yes, it has to be built into your lifestyle. It has like to having be. a shower is just part of the day. Yeah. It just has to be built in because you, you, what's going on with your body has to be timetabled for you to hear it. Yes. And you won't timetable it. It won't happen unless you're paying somebody and you've got an appointment that you have to honor. Yes. And then it's timetabled and then it'll be like, well, what's happening in your body? Oh, and as you're driving to the appointment, it's like, okay, this is where I, this is where I tune in. What has been happening in my body? Yes. And you have to work at it. Yes. To be able to hear it. It's like, well, actually, am I sleeping? Am I ever got pain? What, what's going on? Yes. You'll have to train yourself how to start listening to it. But the only way you're going to do it is if you actually have a regular appointment. Yes. And then, you ha- and then you'll honor that. Right. You'll honor that. That's very true. You know? Yeah, that's very true. You know? And then somebody else comes in and they can, and they can take care of it, you know? Yeah. They can take care of it. Because they'll be able to hear it and respond. Even if you hear it, you can't respond. You can't, because this... It's very true. I actually thought a while ago that this would be natural, this taking care of yeah. the body. Yeah. And it gets less and less and less and less natural. Yes. It's, yes. And it's still... I need it has to happen. Yes, it has so to happen. So I, I understand yes. what you're saying. Putting yes. it on the calendar and yes. taking care of it. Yes. I'm amazed that I could work and yeah. still be so flat. Yes. On every level. Yes. And still be yeah, yeah. present and flat. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I totally see you. I totally see it. Yeah. You see, the taking care does happen, but when, when your destiny is to do something, to make a difference, mm-hmm. everything bows to that. Mm-hmm. The taking care of that takes precedent over the vehicle that's doing it. Mm-hmm. You see? Mm-hmm. So the taking care is all subsumed into this bigger piece of work that's part of your destiny to do. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. You see? Yeah. That's where the taking care got sucked into. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. So the taking care of the vehicle that do, does it, you've got to set up a structure for that. Yeah. Got to. But the taking care is there. It's there. Yeah. You're, you're taking care of your, your, the destiny. Yeah. The, th- the thing that you just can't not do. You can't not do. You'd actually be sicker if you didn't do what you're doing. I agree. You'd be sicker. Yes. You know? It, In fact, I can't stand New York City. I hate it. Oh, I was wow. born there. Yeah. I wasn't raised there. I hate it, but the destiny of there is 
what's occurring. Yeah. And so there is where yeah. I'm living. You've got to do what you're doing do there. It. Exactly. Yeah. I have to do what I'm doing there. Yeah. To fulfill the destiny. Yes, somehow. to fulfill the destiny. Yeah. That's it. This thing is moving through that form. And yeah. Yeah. And everything bows in service to that which has to happen. Yeah. You know? That makes sense. But the character is going to have to weave in a way. A regular system, and you right. keep it sacred. Keep it sacred. Yeah. You know, it's like I can't break that. That's it. Right. Thank you. Yeah, sure. Somehow I didn't figure that piece out. Um, you know. Yeah, that's how it is. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Thank you. Sure. You're welcome. Chuck, are you okay? I'm just concerned because you gotta go this evening. Yes. Yes, you're okay? Yes. Okay. I realize that I, I don't understand a lot of what you're saying. Oh, wow! <laughs> That's great! Yeah, and I mean, I just, you know, it's like I was following you and then I just couldn't think. <laughs> it just uh, felt pleasant. Character who uh, tries Come on to up, wake this is up. great stuff. Come on oh. up. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, I, I was feeling uh, pressure because, oh, I can't follow you. I can't get there and I started feeling a lot of Buddhist confusion around emptiness and Naroda and Nirvana, you know, and it's like, and I just, uh, I don't get it. And um, and then, you know, I could see this, this that's part of, that's one of the characters yes. who's trying to wake up. Yes. But from where I was seeing that, there is no problem. I don't yes. mind not waking up. I mean... It's it's not an agenda uh, from from that place. Yes, and for the character, is it an agenda? Yes, it's an agenda, uh, or it has been. But the character can't wake up. Then you said. No, but the I I could see from the character that it's already awake. That I mean that it, from that other side, it's not a problem. Yes, and. So the character kind of felt like, well, it doesn't have, it doesn't have to be his problem either. But just that, I don't, you know, I don't know how to say it. Just that, it almost like waking up is not speaking from the character. Waking up is something I can't do. Yes. It's not even my job. Correct. Good. That's great. If you really grok that, that's great. Yeah, and uh, it's life's job. Yes. You know, and so as it's like when my father died, 
I realized, I was with my father when he died, and I realized that uh, just after he died, I thought, oh, he did it. And no, life, life did it. It's like life managed that. Yes. It's like before my father died, what are we going to do? He's going to die. Yes. And then he died. And it's like, oh, life took care of that. Yes. And so uh, it's kind of like that's life's, waking up is life's job also. Yes. So I don't have to think about it. That's great. Good. Great. Okay. So there's a letting go, huh? Yeah. You know, because the character just wants to rest. I said before that it's so much from the character's point of view is marked with effort, even though it doesn't look like effort a lot of times. <coughs> just there's this having to do, and the character just wants to rest, but is afraid that if he rests, he'll be irrelevant, or, <laughs> you know, yes. uh, whatever yes. he's afraid of. And, uh, yes. So, let the consequences be okay, huh? Of whatever happens when he rests, if he doesn't effort, let the consequences be okay. Yeah. I'm trying to imagine the consequences now. Yes, when you, yes, because if we keep efforting, there's some, you know, there's some outcomes that happen as a result. So yeah. if there's more oh. rest... Yeah. And action happens from a place that's not so efforted. It's going to look different. Yes. And everything that I value really hasn't come out of efforting. I mean, there's been a ton of efforting, but it's just the efforting that comes with doing my duty. Mm. And, but what duty I'm supposed to do, that hasn't come from effort. It's kind of like, oh, that's what I'm doing. And then it's just, okay, how do I get out of my way so I can do my duty? You know what I mean? Yes, and, and duty does feel like effort or doesn't feel like effort? No, I mean, the clean duty is not effort. Okay, it's yes. just. Yes, good. Just, because the clean duty is just, I can only do one thing. That's it. And then I can only do one thing after that. Yes. And the thinking is irrelevant with the doing. And what's duty? <coughs> well, it's like the chair is doing its duty right now. Okay. And just duty is responding to the next thing I'm doing. Okay. Fulf right. Fulfillment. That, you know, responding yes. to the next thing to do. Okay. When I'm with my clients, it's, it's very simple. It's, you know, yes. I, if there's no, there, I don't have confusion yes. with my clients. Mm. But when I'm my client, yes. <laughs> yes. then it's, uh, I, there's a lot, there can be confusion. But that's, yeah. Okay. So bring your work home with you. 
Yeah. How you are in in your practice, mm-hmm. whatever zone you're in, mm-hmm. bring that with you. Because something is clear and available and vacant there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a joy because I feel it's ironic, it's paradoxical because when I feel I'm at work, I'm off the hook because wow. I don't have to do anything. And the more I can not do anything, then it's like um, the right thing happens. But yeah, that's good. Bring my work home with Bring me. your work home, yeah. because you get into uh, some zone yeah. at work. And yeah. for some reason, you've only given yourself permission to do mm. it at work. Joy. Yeah. Why not have that all the time, that zone you're in at work? Mm. Snap into it no matter what you're doing. It's true, because I, I feel like when I'm working, it's I'm there. I mean, that's... There's nowhere else I want to be. And it's just very simple. Hmm. But yeah, I kind of leave that. Because when I get home, it's, there's all these other things that aren't, that I have to do. Yes. So it's like, at work, it's where you've given yourself permission not to have the baggage. Yeah. No, I can't do my work if I have baggage. Uh Aha. And my clients... Uh-huh. Yeah. And they don't want me, you know, it's like my clients are, they support me in not having baggage. Uh-huh. And they pay me to not have baggage. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. All right. So what's the deal? Why do you pick up baggage when you go in the door of the house at home or something? <laughs> you leave the office and you go into the car. Why do you pick up the baggage? Why do you pick up that? Huh. Confusion around my relationship, for one thing. Okay. You know, so it's like, um, in a way, when I come home, it's kind of like, oh, I don't know what to do with that problem. Huh. I don't know, you know. Huh. I mean, that's that's kind of the wallpaper to to it okay. for me. Okay. Part of, partly. Okay. So. Do you know in your deepest gut what would bring you more joy in the relationship, vis-a-vis the relationship? Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think just not letting it be a problem. Just not, it's almost a habitual thing. Yes. And uh, it's almost like my religion because I was raised in that environment, yes. you know, because yes. my parents had, confu- you know, and then I w- in my relationships, it's like, you know, it's like some of that same kind of confusion. So it's like, no, just, you know, like letting that, being there but not being there in a way. I mean, not being there with the baggage. With the baggage. Yeah. Yeah. 
So it's your ideas about the relationship is what makes it confusing? Yeah. Mm. And also, there's a, you know, it's, it's been a hard year. There's, I have a son-in-law who's got brain cancer. I have a mother-in-law who keeps getting older. And we all do. And she said she's she would let herself go, but she doesn't want to do that to the kids. So <laughs> she's 95. She wants a heart transplant. Oh, I mean, she's incredible vitality. Um, and then you know my. Wife's brother died unexpectedly a couple months. You know, so there's a lot, yeah. a lot, yeah. Like that. But you know, I like that about bringing my work home. Yeah, that's because you know how to do it, how yeah. to just have nothing going on and and responding to the moment, and you know, you know how to do it. Yeah, but you've just left it at work. Give it to yourself, huh? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'll try that. Yeah. Good. It's worth a shot. Yeah. You know, and if you're listening to drama or pain around some family scenario, it's like, okay, this is a client, this is a client, this is a client. And see if you can... See, I do the opposite. It's like, oh, I can't get away from it. Gosh. But it's funny, because at work, it's like, it's a source of joy. Yes. For me. It's yes. not, it doesn't burden me at all. So it's interesting. Why do I let it... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because the personal eye is at home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the, all the story, the attachment, all that stuff yeah. is going on there. Right. Yeah. No, it's true. When I get home, it's like I start comparing my perception of what's happening with ideas of how I should be at home. Whereas at work, I'm not doing any of that. None of that happens. No, I'm just there. Wow. I'm not comparing. Wow. So, yeah, I see that. Man, you're torturing yourself. Yes. And not even getting paid. Oh, and not getting paid. <laughs> not oh, yeah. No, I mean, yeah, that's real torture. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Got nothing to show for it. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's okay. Yeah. Good. Thank you. I'll, yeah. Thank you, Jack. Yeah. Good. Good. Yeah. Good. Yeah. There was another little piece it felt. Yeah. Thanks so much. Yeah. You're very welcome. You're very welcome, Jack. It's dinner time.